Facial Injury Lawyers of the New Orleans Saints. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune-in radio app via Alexa. We are WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie by Premier Automotive, with locations throughout the New Orleans area. Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo. Petri Transport Services. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries, with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is the midweek edition here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. We're always on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you to listen in anywhere in the world via iHeart. You can also catch our podcast following this show. Just go to CrescentCitySports.com. On the menu, on the left side of the front page, can't miss it, just click on podcast to listen back to what you missed or what you liked as well. You can always email the show. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Or you can call us at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll get into Every topic, college basketball. We'll talk about that. Talk about the Saints, of course, coming up. Among other topics here this morning, glad you're with us on this Wednesday evening. Rudy Dixon is our producer. And as always, you're a big part of the show. 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Big matchup with the Golden State Warriors. ABC Television. Over the air, network television, big exposure. Of course, it's a late game, but it's a big game. And it's an opportunity for the Pelicans to show the nation what they are capable of doing. 7.30 is game time. I said late game. I mean, it's not late by and large. Late by our standards, normally seven games, but this is 7.30. Early on the West Coast, Warriors are 17-19. and 19. Who would have expected that? Well, maybe you would have, depending on your outlook on that team and whether it's aging or not. And, of course, who would have envisioned the trouble with Draymond Green? But then again, who wouldn't have, given his history? Pelicans are 22-15. and 15. It's a Western Conference game. Therefore, it's important. They're all important. But you're approaching the halfway point of the season, which is at 41 games. You're currently at 37. The Pelicans are 22-15, and 15, currently 6th. In the Western Conference, which of course would place you out of the play-in and into the postseason. Pelicans are a half game ahead of Dallas for that sixth spot as we speak. Three clear of Phoenix and Houston. Three and a half clear of the Lakers. Four and a half clear of the Jazz and the Warriors whom they face tonight. 
What do you like about the Pelicans? Well, let's start here. They're 10-7 and seven away from home. That's impressive. You look at the Western Conference to see if anyone is better than the Pelicans on the road. Timberwolves are 12-8 and eight on the road. So barely better than the Pelicans, and they're the top team in the West. Nuggets, the champions, are tied with the Pelicans in terms of road record. Three over 500. Ditto for the Mavericks. Thunder are four over. So the good teams, they can win on the road. And the Pelicans have proven that they can do that, which is obviously a big plus. Now the matchup. Remember they played earlier this year. In New Orleans on October 30th, and the Warriors just blasted the Pelicans 130-102. to It was not a pretty sight. It was all about Steph Curry going off. Couldn't stop him. He had 42 points in the game. And when Steph Curry goes off, you got problems. And that's what happened on that particular night. He's still capable of carrying a team and taking a game over. And that's what happened on that occasion. And obviously, you've got to be able to at least slow him down. You know you're not going to be able to stop him. And the Warriors are still a dangerous team. Of course, the distraction of Draymond Green has been huge. I mean, huge. Now, he is cleared to come back, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight based upon what we are seeing right now on social media. Not urgent or not in a hurry to get back from what we've seen from his major issues. And that's just as well because if he came back, you know the effect that could have. Number one, he's a good player. Number two, he's an antagonist. He's been a complete jerk, frankly, for a long time. And the league has finally stepped up and handed him the kind of punishment he deserves. But number three, the emotional lift he gives his team. We saw that when John Morant returned from Memphis against the Pelicans. In his first game back, he plays out of his mind, and, and the Grizzlies beat the Pelicans, came away from behind to beat them at New Orleans. So, so there's that. You don't have that in all likelihood to deal with tonight. But you do have Steph Curry, and he's obviously got to be the focal point. You might look at it two ways. You might say, one, he can get his and just stop everybody else from doing it. But no, you've got to be able to at least slow him down if you want to beat this team. It's not been a great matchup for the Pelicans over the last few years, but then again, the Warriors have been more of an elite team over the last few years. Pelicans have to show that they can beat this team. And the way to do it is the way they did it Sunday. Now, Sacramento does not defend, okay? They are a great offensive team, but not a good defensive team, which is why the Pelicans have beaten them four out of four times, even though Sacramento is placed well in the Western Conference. And matchups do matter. The Pelicans obviously match up extremely well with the Kings, who are still ahead of the Pelicans in the standings, a half game ahead of them, at 22-14. and 14. Of course, New Orleans would own any tiebreak if they end up in a tie with them down the road. Warriors have not been quite as good a matchup. But the way the Pelicans need to win is to share the basketball, which is what they've been doing in great fashion. Ball movement has been huge. Now, you might say part of that is because Zion Williamson didn't play and there's not as much isolation and post-up. Of course, Valanchunas relies on that as well. And he stepped up a bit with Zion not playing the last few games. As for Zion tonight, questionable with that late contusion. Jose Alvarado, questionable with the non-COVID illness. They both didn't play in the last game. Williamson's missed a couple now. Obviously, you want to have him back. 
He gives you another huge punch. Obviously makes a big difference. Goes without saying. So it goes without saying there's a really good opportunity for the Pelicans here tonight. Look, share the basketball and defend. Pelicans defended extremely well in Sacramento. Sacramento was lucky to get to 100. That came in garbage time because the Pelicans shut down De'Aaron Fox, which kind of takes me back to the whole premise of dealing with Steph Curry. Best coaches' philosophies have always been take the best player on the other team away. Pelicans took De'Aaron Fox away with nice switching man defense and with length guarding him. We all know what Herb Jones can do defensively, but Trey Murphy can do that too. Dyson Daniels with length, good defender. You throw them at the best scorers, and guess what? It makes it difficult for them to score. So they did that to De'Aaron Fox. I don't know that they can do that to Steph Curry with his unlimited range, but you certainly can play him. Look, McCollum's going to play him some too. Alvarado will come off the bench if he plays and likely get some time against Curry. As for Williamson, look, it's a contusion, so it's not a long-term deal. But again, the Pelicans have been smart with Zion this year. They have made sure that they're not putting him out there in risky situations and putting him out there when he's not close to 100% because they want him around for the long haul. And we all know he hasn't been that for this team in his career here. So it's clearly imperative to make sure that he's healthy enough when you put him out there. Here's the reality of the situation for Zion thus far this year. The Pelicans, you look at their record, 22-15, and 15, that's 37 games. Zion has missed seven. That's not terrible. As we said at the beginning of the season, you want 60 games out of him. And realistically, you'd like 65. Well, right now, you're 30 out of 37. So you can extrapolate that forward and try to figure it out in terms of whether he'll meet that 60 goal. Right now, he's at 81% of games played. And if you get him for 80% of the games played, you got to feel pretty good about that. I know it's a, for some people, that's a low benchmark. And it's like, come on, man, you got to be available. But in his case, given his physical problems and the injuries he's dealt with throughout the course of his career, it's not a bad thing to be available for 81% of the games. And right now, that's kind of what we're looking at. We'll see if he goes tonight or not. But again, Willie Green and the medical staff are being very careful with him, and they're being very, I think, attentive to the situation to make sure that he's available for the long haul. The reality is, as the Pelicans showed against the Kings, they do have enough firepower offensively to withstand not having Williamson. Trey Murphy returning has been big. Jordan Hawkins can give you some punch off the bench. Valanchunas, right matchup, can score. Herb Jones on occasion. Dyson Daniels shooting it a little better of late, which is encouraging. Of course, you got Brandon Ingram, and you know what he's going to do. And C.J. McCollum's been hot of late. I mean, seven three-pointers in the game at Sacramento. So when one star is missing, the other two have to step up. We all know the Pelicans have the big three with Zion, Ingram, and McCollum. But they have guys in Valanciunas and Murphy who can absolutely score the basketball. And they have a guy in 
Jordan Hawkins on occasion can give you some real punch shooting the basketball off the bench. So there's a lot to like given what they have. But it's all about sharing the ball, and it's all about shooting the ball well. When they share it, all you need to do on a nightly basis, and I I feature this on my stories at CrescentCitySports.com, is look at the number of assists versus field goals made. When you get that equation, you get a pretty good indication as to how well the Pelicans played. You look at that number, and you look at rebounds. Turnovers, of course, matter. But if you board with the opponent or beat the opponent on the boards, opportunities are better. And if you assist on baskets by sharing the basketball, then you've got great stuff happening. So this is kind of where you're at with regard to the Pelicans right now. And they have a real opportunity to make a statement tonight. Look, this is the toughest road trip they've had this season. Might be end up being the toughest of the year. I mean, they had to play a good team at Sacramento and beat them. Got to play a championship-level club for many years in Golden State on the road tonight. Then you got to go play the champions at Denver Friday. Then you have back-to-backs against a team you're basically even with in the Western Conference and the Dallas Mavericks at Dallas on Saturday and on Monday. Kyrie Irving is back. That's certainly not great news for the Pelicans. So the Mavericks will have their, in all likelihood, their, their full allotment of scoring options for the Pelicans when they play each other. So, look, you looked at this road trip prior to and envisioning it and saying, all right, if you win two out of five, that's okay, given the level of opposition. But if you come home with a winning record on this trip, it's a really good trip and a really good indication that your team is ready to handle a heavy load and ready to handle playing against the better teams in the NBA. Pelicans are back home next Wednesday against the Hornets, an 8-26 and team. Then they get a Phoenix team in here that's better than its record. So this is obviously a high-visibility game tonight against a highly visible opponent that is likely without green. Williamson and Alvarado, we shall see. Questionable. We'll see if they play or not. But again, the Pelicans have enough depth to be able to withstand it. Najee Marshall's done a good job off the bench for this team, too. He's been a solid player. So it's good. Looking at a good opportunity for New Orleans to make a statement. So you look at tonight's game, and if the Pelicans win the game, they're going to have to score. I mean, you expect Golden State to be able to score. That's pretty much what you get from them. And so what's the deal? I think you have to score 115 or better. And if you do that, I think you got a real shot to win the game. So we'll see how they fare tonight. We'll see if C.J. McCollum can continue to shoot the basketball well. We'll see. If Brandon Ingram can step up and score, what people are doing to Ingram, and then you watch these games, as I do every night they play, by and large, people are just getting into him. What I mean by that is playing very physical with him and against him. They're trying to get up into him and make it tough for him to get to that mid-range level, which is, of course, where he is extremely dangerous. 
where he absolutely thrives. Now he's made some threes, and that's been good. And that's obviously something that's good for him, and it's a part of his game that certainly gives his team more options and spreads the floor more. But again, he's so lethal in the mid-range game, and you want to get him to the free throw line. Trey Murphy in space can shoot, but also has the ability to penetrate, and you'd like to see him get to the line. Jonas Valanciunas can post up, and he gets to the line. And he's for a big man, he's a pretty good free-throw shooter. So, again, things looking up for the Pelicans. Look, they lost that game to the Clippers at home. Clippers just outplayed them. Clippers are good, and the Clippers got very physical with the Pelicans, who weren't able to match that. And, frankly, the Pelicans didn't shoot the ball well that night. So, I mean, you can break this down a million ways. And oftentimes, at the end of a game, it really comes down to just how the simplicity of whether or not you made shots. And sometimes they fall, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're impacted by great defense, sometimes not, just not able to make shots. So, look, I like where the Pelicans are. By and large, like the way they're playing overall, you're going to have, it's the NBA. You can't play great every night. They didn't play well against the Clippers, against a team that's ahead of them in the standings. An important Western Conference game, they all are. If you consider yourself a contender, which the Pelicans are really moving closer to being considered. Because right now in the Western Conference, to me, you've got three really good teams that I think are a little better than the others. Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Denver. I think the Clippers are capable of being that team with Kawhi Leonard healthy and playing. They're good. After that, Pelicans are good with anybody. I think Phoenix is a team that could break out. Haven't done it yet. But other than that, I mean, the Pelicans have dominated the Sacramento Kings. They can play with Dallas. Houston is a much improved team and a pain to play against with their physicality, but they're not a threat to win it all. Lakers have won two in a row. They're steadying the ship after a terrible stretch. They're certainly capable of playing well. Golden State on a given night. Memphis now doesn't have John Moran, so you can pretty much forget them even though they've won three straight. Utah continues to hang around. They've won eight of ten. They're playing better than I think most people thought, and maybe they're not as you know, maybe they're a little better than we all thought. You know, they've got a couple of good players, and they certainly have been a tough matchup for the Pelicans, who finally broke through and beat them last time around. But again, I'm looking at this Western Conference, and if you can stay healthy long enough, then you have an opportunity to really put yourself in position to be threatening or competing for a top-four spot. Because as I've said throughout, the goals are obvious. Number one, you got to get in the postseason. That's top ten, which means play-in level. Number two, you want to get in the top six. To avoid the play-in level and make it to the playoffs in earned fashion. And the third goal is obvious, to get to the top four and get home court advantage in a playoff series. And then last but not least, the other two goals, of course, are to win the Western Conference and to win the NBA championship. I think the first goal is totally attainable, which is to make the postseason. I think the second goal, to make the top six, is realistic for New Orleans. I think the third goal, to make the top four, is also realistic. I think it's a possibility. I don't know that I'd put it at 50%. I might put it at 30 to 40%, but I think it's a possibility, and you hold your breath about injuries, but that's the case with everyone, not just the Pelicans. And then the last part about being a Western Conference champion, I'd say that's still a little bit of a long shot, okay? 
based on the teams out there, but it's not totally off the table because this is a good basketball team. And again, you want to continue to see the growth, the maturity, the night-to-night toughness, and to win games on given nights when your offense isn't there. You've got to be able to do that. How do you do it? Defense and rebounding. Those two things will travel all the time when you don't have a pretty night and score 130 points. So let's see how the Pelicans are able to defend Golden State tonight if they can slow them down and have an opportunity to post a big win in the midst of this very challenging road trip. Glad you're with us. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Coming up, we'll talk about the Saints, college basketball, also horse racing. We'll visit with track announcer John Dooley of Fairgrounds as we continue with more of All Access for a Wednesday night. I'm Ken Trahan right here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-216-9922. That's 1-800-216-9922. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-216-9922. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Hi, this is Racy Cooper, account executive with Cumulus New Orleans. I specialize in growing businesses, and if you want to grow your business, I'm the girl for you. At Cumulus, we have four great radio stations and an amazing selection of digital products to take your business to a new level. Simply call me at 504-919-3379 or email me at racy.cooper at cumulus.com. The consultation is free. Racy and Cumulus Media. Let's grow together. (coughs) Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. (coughs) Honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. 
One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Start learning a new language today at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This report is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is making it easy to save money. When you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters, you'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. Eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high rise is 18 minutes right now. 12-minute ride eastbound I-10 flyover to the high rise. And Elysian Fields to the high rise has taken about six minutes. Accident working Burgundy Street at Ursulines. We have uh, an accident on our secondaries. Otherwise, traffic flow is doing pretty good. Now, still slow, but the accident cleared eastbound Crescent City Connection. Lafayette to the I-10 merge still taking 23 minutes. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Doug Mouton with us now from WWL Television. Doug, first of all, appreciate the time and happy new year to you and yours. Yeah, same to you, Ken. Appreciate that. All right, so the Saints situation, the season's over. And the unfortunate part is the Saints played really good football uh, this past Sunday against Atlanta. Second half was brilliant. It was kind of reminiscent of the Drew Brees era, watching that offense play. And that should have been the story. But instead, the story became what happened uh, on the last play of the game and then immediately after the game. And from that perspective, it's unfortunate, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, no question about that. Yeah, we absolutely should be talking about the game the Saints played offensively and defensively. They were just terrific, especially in that second half. It was probably their best half of football all year. Now, whether you believe that can translate into next year or not, yeah, depends on, I guess, how much you're half full or half empty. But it was a great half of football that no one has talked about yet. One of the things that you brought up in your in your four points, and you do a good job with that on – on your show all the time was that you didn't feel like this was as big a deal as many people have made it out to be regarding the snafu with Dennis Allen and the disconnect with his players about that last play. Yeah, I don't think it's as big a deal going forward. Look, it's incredibly unusual that players do what their coach doesn't want them to do. Now, I'm guessing that part happens a lot more than we think. The part that is makes it really unusual is that we immediately find out about it, and there's anger on both sides, or, or at least some amount of anger. Look, the one thing talking to every player, first of all, it took a crazy set of circumstances to even allow this to happen. Final two minutes, last game of the year, big lead, and you had to somehow get the ball on their one-yard line. And all those things just happened to happen. This wasn't 
premeditated defiance. This wasn't something the team decided on in advance. It was a spur-of-the-moment decision. And whether you think it was horribly wrong or, you know what, that's the way the modern game is played. You know, look, it cannot, this is a little weird. I didn't say this on TV. It reminds me of the baseball argument a lot where, you know, in, in the new age of baseball, and especially with as many Latin players as there are now, there's a lot more celebrating and bat flipping, and there's a lot of old school people who say that's not how the game is played, and there's a lot of new school people, and I think it's part of why college baseball is so popular, is, no, let's play with some emotion, flip the bat if you want, it's not about, we're not... Uh, disrespecting the other guys. We're just celebrating the accomplishment. And I think the new age of players doesn't take that kind of running up the store or showing the opponents up. I don't think they take that as seriously. Every player we talked to thought it was not really a big deal. And they were surprised by how big it got blown up. That was to a man. So for that reason, I don't think the players thought it was a big deal. I just don't think it's going to be any kind of a big deal going forward. It's unusual, and that's why it becomes a story. And certainly, as many years as I've been in this business, I understand the unusual is always going to be what grabs the attention. I just don't think it's a locker room problem. I don't think it means Dennis Allen has lost the team. Look, I don't think it's a great look on Dennis Allen, and I certainly think he could have diffused this in so many different ways and didn't, and he contributed to the explosion of it. But by next year, by the time the Saints are on the field again, I don't think it's going to have any effect on anything. Well, the other part of that is some of the players involved will probably not be here. And that starts, of course, with Jameis Winston, who was, who was in the game. And had he not been in the game, this might have been a moot point. Yeah, for sure. It has to start with the quarterback. Now, he said all the players agreed as a unit to do this. Whether or not everyone was in on that or agreed with that obviously is up for debate. But either way, even if everyone was in or just six or seven, look, Cesar Ruiz said, blame the offensive line. We wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. So whether or not how many people are in on it, no matter what, it could not have happened without the quarterback. The quarterback had to turn and give the ball to Jamal Williams. So you do go to the quarterback first because if, if 10 were in and not the quarterback and the quarterback kneels down, then the, the game is over and that's what happened. So yes, it starts with Jameis. I, I don't think Jameis is back next year anyway. And yeah, you're exactly right. Of the of the 65 or whatever it is, including practice squad, you are certainly going to have at least 20 or 25 different next year. So, and, and again, that's why I don't think it has any kind of real long-range implications because it's a different team by next year. Doug Mouton with us from WWL Television. I think it's a learning process on both ends. I think it's a learning process for the players that – you have a boss, and authority exists for a reason, and rules exist for a reason. And I think from a coach's perspective, you learn that this is not something you talk about publicly immediately. And, you know, the players threw the coach under the bus, and then the coach threw the players under the bus. And, you know, that, that's, ba- that's basically what happened. So I'd like to think this was a learning moment for both. Yeah, and all of that contributed to the unusualness of the situation and the and the way it has exploded. And I will say this, too. I think by the time this weekend comes and there's a whole set of NFL playoff games, 
I think there's going to be 10 new storylines, and I think this will even be forgotten on that level by, you know, Sunday or Monday. What's not going to be forgotten is the fan base and the fact that there's GoFundMe now to put billboards up to fire Dennis Allen. I mean, this isn't going to go away. Uh, Allen has lost the fan base to a degree, uh, whether he deserves it or not. Derek Carr gets booed all the time, and yet the guy – the guy performed about exactly how he should have thought he would perform, which was pretty solid. And he yeah, played yeah, yeah. and he played through injury, and he was better than what they had last year. And I don't know what else we might have expected, but based on the body of work, this is who he is, and this is what we should have expected. Yeah, right. By the end, his numbers, he, he finished 10th in the NFL in passer rating, which is about as good as you could have expected given his history. So, uh, yes, he... Like it or not, despite whatever narrative there is out there, on the whole, Derek Carr had a pretty solid season. I will say the one thing that marred his season was playing hurt. He didn't talk about it till later, um, but he played the first Tampa game with broken ribs that he suffered in Green Bay, and he said he wanted to be out there for his team. It was to the point, though, that being out there for his team, he was clearly not able to perform his job at the level he needed to perform his job for the team to win. I would say that's more on Dennis Allen than Derek Carr, but he should not have played at least in that game because he didn't help his team win. So being the warrior actually worked against him, and it certainly worked against the team. And to your, to your point about Dennis Allen, whether or not this happened in the last two minutes of the game, would not affect, look, my friends, and look, my dad was an ori- original season ticket holder. So was mine. friends who yeah. are season ticket holders. Yeah. So they were calling for Dennis Allen's head literally weeks before this incident happened at the end of the game. Certainly, like I said before, not a good look for Dennis Allen. I don't think that contributes to the fan base not wanting Dennis Allen back. I think that had already been established. Yeah. And and finishing strong certainly mitigates, and I think certainly what I've heard from my friends is that they accept it more that he's coming back, that there's nothing we can do about it. We're going to get another year of DA, but they still don't like it any more than they did no. after the Rams loss. I don't think it's changed. A couple of minutes left with – uh, Doug Mooch on, and, and so now you do move forward, and now you go back and look at what happened this past year, and 17 nothing in Green Bay. We all know Groupie misses a 46-yard field goal. That might change things. That was a coaching decision to keep him over Lutz, but Derek Carr got hurt in that game in the third quarter, and they didn't score again. Uh, my feeling is, had Carr stayed healthy, they certainly would have found another score somewhere in that game, and it's a moot point, and we're having a different discussion right now about a champion. Then, of course, the game against Jacksonville, where Carr puts one right on the money and Foster Morrow drops a touchdown pass. Otherwise, they're playing in overtime in that game. This might have had a different narrative for Carr and maybe even for Allen had things changed in those games. Yeah, no question about it. But look, that's that's the way the that's the way sports are played. That's the beauty of it is that things can turn on on the tiniest detail or the biggest detail, but things turn on a play or, or two or three plays, and, and that does completely make the difference. But, yeah, look, I mean, the, the middle stretch of the season, they start 2-0, and they end, you know, 4-1, and and the middle of the season just wasn't good enough. And, and that's what has defined this season. 
and you could say all that too, Ken, but you also had the second easiest schedule in the NFL in the weakest division in the NFL, and you couldn't get to the playoffs. Nope. And honestly, that's how you're judged. And at 9-8, and eight, sure, it's a winning record, but the first mission of this team, the first mission, the minimum mission, was to get to the playoffs, and it, in that mission, they failed. This season was a failure, and... And that's how 2023 is defined, despite the fact that you had a winning record. Totally agree. About a minute left, final thought. What is their biggest need from your perspective? I have a strong opinion on that. What do you well, think is the I, same I thing? I think the biggest need is offensive tackle, but I think they have a lot of needs. And I will say, look, Andres Pete is one of the quiet MVPs of this team. Not saying he played great, but at the time when they needed somebody to play left tackle, he played 16 games. He played the most games in his career, <laughs> but he's a free agent. Ryan Ramchek has knee issues. Um, you, you might need two tackles. I think that's first, but I think there's a litany of of needs on this team, and I don't know if you can address them all in one offseason. I agree. Offensive tackle, a pass rush, outside pass rusher, and a safety. I think, to me, those are the, the biggest needs on this team. And, and it's amazing that we're having that discussion since they've invested so much in this offensive line and in that defensive line. They just haven't gotten enough out of it. That's it. End of story. Yeah, no question. He's yeah. Doug Mouton, sports director at WWL Television. We'll be watching this evening. Doug, always a pleasure. Keep up the great work. Happy New Year to you and yours. Ken, thank you. All right. You got it. Doug Mouton. And we appreciate Doug and always uh, appreciate his time. And, and we understand that he's a busy guy. So to spend time with us is deeply appreciated. All right, it's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'll talk college basketball later when we return. The fairground season, the latest on it. We'll visit with fairgrounds track announcer John Dooley. That's up next when we continue. With all access for a Wednesday night, Ken Trahan with you on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Start learning a new language today at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Denise has been playing jazz for 40 years. Last concert, one of the musicians fell sick with RSV. Respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, is a highly contagious virus that can lead to breathing problems. This time, she's choosing to help protect herself with Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisvo. Abrisvo is a vaccine for the prevention of lower respiratory tract disease caused by respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, in adults 60 years of age and older. Abrisvo is not for everyone and may not protect all who receive the vaccine. Don't get Abrisvo if you've had a severe allergic reaction 
to its ingredients. People with a weakened immune system may have a decreased response to a Brisvo. The most common side effects are tiredness, headache, pain at the injection site, and muscle pain. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine or Brisvo, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisvo.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. This report is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is making it easy to save money. When you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters, you'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. That's Progressive.com. Eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high-rise is 18 minutes right now. 12-minute ride eastbound I-10 flyover to the high-rise. And Elysian Fields to the high-rise has taken about six minutes. Accident working Burgundy Street at Ursulines. We have uh, an accident on our secondaries. Otherwise, traffic flow is doing pretty good. Now, still slow, but the accident cleared eastbound Crescent City Connection. Lafayette to the I-10 merge still taking 23 minutes. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan with you. And, of course, the racing season continues at Fairgrounds as we keep everybody apprised of on a regular basis here on the show. And racing resuming at Fairgrounds tomorrow. Joining us now, the outstanding track announcer of Fairgrounds, John Dooley. John, a pleasure. And listen, uh, so far, so good. It's been a pretty good meet, hasn't it? Yeah, Happy New Year. It seemed like we were talking last, and it was uh, around Christmas time, talking about those two-year-olds racing in the uh, uh, the untappable stakes for the two-year-old Phillies, and of course the uh, the males and the running of the Gunrunner stakes. Uh, one uh, first-time epicenter who was second in the Kentucky Derby only a, a few years ago, and uh, now they're three-year-olds, and we're talking about the comp stakes coming up, and of course the Silver Bullet Day stakes for the three-year-old Phillies on the road to the Longing Kentucky Oaks at Churchill Downs. Yeah, of course, those are all coming up in big days. Let's talk about the meet to date thus far. I mean, uh, anything stand out in your mind? Any standout uh, horses, any standout trainers or jockeys that really have performed well? Um, well, you know, of course, we had uh, Alpine Princess. Uh, she won the untappable stakes. And so many years we've seen those uh, fillies take the road, as I mentioned, to the uh, Longy Kentucky Oaks. Uh, so looking forward to seeing uh, uh, them compete at the fairgrounds. And just this week we announced uh, good news. And again, cheers to all of our horse players, those uh, supporting racing at the fairgrounds. So much history, 152nd thoroughbred season, uh, as you mentioned, underway. And now we're into 2024. We go all the way through pretty much the uh, latter half of March. But we just announced a purse increase. So, uh, again, that's thanks the money being generated uh the horse players and uh so it's been a good start to the meet the turf course uh, looks absolutely terrific and uh, great to have that uh, purse boost across the board for horsemen that have been supporting us uh, not only uh, recently but so long at the fairgrounds uh, james Graham, a perennial champion he's going for a fifth uh, riding title he's right there vying for it along with jose guerrero who's jose guerrero last year j.a guerrero had one for 13 won uh, one race last year has always got over 20 wins this year, uh, but he's riding for Shane Wilson, who's training a lot of horses for Evelyn Benoit's Britland Stable, a prolific uh, top breeder, star guitar, top owner here in the state. And uh, he's really having a breakthrough season this year. And then some of the other uh, regulars uh, right there as well uh, at the top of the jockey standings. But uh, Shane out, uh, out of the blocks fast, and it's certainly been uh, making the headlines around fairgrounds this year. Amazing with John Dooley of Fairgrounds Race Course. Of course, you know, a big 
day coming up, uh, about 10 days from now, Road to the Derby Day. Obviously, that that is a day full of all kinds of huge stakes races. Yeah, really looking forward to it. As I mentioned, you know, we've got the winners of the uh, Untappable and the, the Gunrunner Stakes uh, making their way uh, toward, we'll see, the first Saturday of May uh, with the uh, three-year-olds in the LeCompte. And again, a lot of great turf racing still coming our way. We have the Buddy Delaberto Memorial, uh, races like that that uh, often set the stage in the run-up to the uh, Muniz Memorial Classic. Of course, uh, the brothers used to uh, uh, be here a long time. Irvin Munez, racing secretary, and his, uh, and his brother Ramon, uh, uh, paddock judge here at the fairgrounds as well. Of Louisiana racing for so long, and we've got a big turf stake name for him. So it's really been exciting. I mean, again, I can't discuss it enough, Ken. You know, I know you like to, uh, uh, you know, dabble every now and then with an exacto box or double or two or win bet, and uh, really appreciate the support we've got from the horsemen and the horse players this year so far. Yeah, you have to feel pretty good about where things are right now. You haven't had any major weather issues or anything to distract you. Uh, the races have gone off as planned, and and you know, it's a pretty good stable that that is in here this year and as you mentioned upping the stakes for a few races coming up that's that's certainly the purses are important because the competition is always steep yeah and again uh, you know some uh, listeners they they might just tune in around derby time and they hear this name brad cox uh, steve asmussen isn't he in the hall of fame yes brad cox he's uh, won a couple of eclipse awards as a top trainer uh, right there toward the top of the trainer standings and again you have a guy shane wilson for years uh, based down here in louisiana and he's really starting to make uh, national news by uh, vying for a riding a uh, training title here this season again when teaming up with uh, uh, jose guerrero uh, this uh, jockey that's uh, you know he's a veteran jockey but uh, really getting a lot of uh, mounts and uh, making the most of them with uh, around 22 winners here this season. So it's kind of been a mix of the, you know, the, the, the new and, and the old. And uh, that's terrific because, again, given all the history that we have here at the fairgrounds and these traditional races coming up, like like fans, you know, the LeCompte, the Rizzo Star, uh, named for that outstanding Louis Roussel, Preakness winner, Belmont winner. I was there that year. I worked in the press offices my first year working at Belmont Stakes. And to see Rizzo Star, Mr. Louis, running on the mark, singing the praises you know, a risen star and to have, uh, you know, to be able to call a race uh, named for that uh, great horse. Uh, you know, it's, it's all part of the fabric of being down here and loving New Orleans each winter. Yeah. Eddie Delahousse got kind of trapped in the mm-hmm. Derby that year. And uh, that horse was special. I mean, that, that horse should have been a triple crown winner and yeah, 100%. You know, was, a, was an enormously talented horse. And, and obviously Ronnie is a very close friend of mine and Louise is still, they still have horses and they're still running horses out there. And, of course, I, I sneak out there, as you know, on occasion. And last time I was out there, we really appreciate you. And Jason, uh, Ronnie was texting me because he had a horse in. They had a horse in in the third race and everything else. So, I mean, I get I get tips every day. It's pretty funny. Uh, you know, I, I don't dabble that much, but I do. And I love the sport and thoroughly enjoy it. My family has deep ties to the sports, as you know. So so we always enjoy the aspect. So talk about the, the on-track you know, support this year, the on-track attendance. How has it been overall? Well, of course, in addition to the uh, live thoroughbred racing we've got at the fairgrounds, again, our 152nd thoroughbred season now well underway uh, into the new year. We've also got the gaming. We've got the sports betting. So, of course, you know, fans that are coming down here for the Sugar Bowl, you're starting to talk, you know, we're getting into the playoffs. Playoffs, you know, for the Super Bowl, unfortunately, not for the Saints this year. But, you know, I was, you know, uh, you know, we're out of it. But at the same time, uh, you know, fans that come to the track, uh, sports fans do, they like to get uh, sports better or two. And so, you know, we've really got it all. And, you know, for the families, we've got the clubhouse uh, open you know the dining 
uh, people can come out, uh, whether it's uh, the clubhouse, enjoy or the grandstand, you know, enjoy a pole boy and uh, take in a lot of racing action. So it's kind of, you know, we went through that, you know, the year with the pandemic and there were no fans and it was certainly changed, you know, uh, life. It just changed everything for it changed the world. But, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, now we're, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, full steam ahead and, uh, you know, good times, let the good times roll uh, at the fairgrounds and here in New Orleans during carnival season. Yeah, the sport took a hit with the pandemic, obviously, and and with the the negative publicity surrounding Baffert and everything else. But it seems like uh, it's coming out on the other side of it now. Would that be accurate in your mind? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rules and regulations being put in place. Uh, Jason Belay is our senior director of racing. Of course, you know, Jason. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things on the plate to put on, a, you know, a racing card. So a lot of things behind the scenes with the testing and the veterinarian reviews and horses are, you know, just like any other athlete, you know, before before kickoff, you know, going through uh, physicals and making sure that all the protocols are in place. And, then the, you know, uh, you know, a Saints player takes, you know, you know, takes uh, takes the to the you know to the dome to play you know a home game or away and it's just like that with our horses uh, you know whether a horse is based here at the fairgrounds or in Florida or in New York or out in California uh, you know for Bob Baffert they're undergoing a lot of scrutiny uh, these days and uh, you know if approved to uh, you know run race maybe win and uh, you know it's a terrific sport and I'm glad to be an ambassador for it and these tracks at fairgrounds both the the dirt and turf course appear to be quite safe I mean we know about the the one or two that had a lot of issues around the country in the past year or two, but uh, really uh, not, not the case here. And obviously that's good news. Yeah. And again, you know, you can always have a freak accident, no matter, uh, you know, no matter where you're at. And uh, there was one the other day, but for the most part, mm-hmm. I mean, so many, uh, you know, the New Orleans based trainers during the winter, Tom Amos will, will tell you such over the years has traditionally been, you know, terrific, uh, you know, dirt surface. And uh, this year, the turf course looks outstanding. And, uh, you know, I know we're proud of that. And obviously, you know, handicappers are supporting uh, the product we're putting out and, you know, glad to see that person crease uh, go for the uh, races coming up here, uh, going forward at the fairgrounds for, uh, January through March. All right, as we close, just uh, talk about the card tomorrow, Thursday the 11th. Talk about what we have on tap tomorrow. Uh, well, actually, it's funny you said that because I was just looking over the overnight. We've got uh, 10 races on tap, uh, you know, some some nice turf races, turf sprints uh, going around two turns. So a real nice variety. And again, you know, for those, uh, you know, we had those storms here uh, the other day. So uh, obviously the turf course uh, took a lot of uh, took a lot of soaking uh, the other day with the storms moving through the area and really all of the Gulf, Gulf Coast. So, uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have a fast main track and we'll be good to go this week and uh, racing for the most part Thursday through Sunday and uh, looking forward to uh, the the entries will be drawn, by the way, Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, entries will be drawn for the 20th. That is Road to the Derby Day. You want to circle it on your calendar. Come out to the fairgrounds. We've got three rolls in the comp, three-year-old fillies in the silver bullet day. And as I mentioned, so many fillies have made their way through New Orleans to win the grade one Longines uh, Kentucky Oaks. And maybe this year will be the year we actually get a Kentucky Derby winner. He is track announcer John Dooley, fairgrounds racecourse. John, always a pleasure to keep up the great work, and we'll visit again soon. Can appreciate it. Happy New Year to all your listeners, and I look forward to seeing you and your family uh, back out of the races at too. John, thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Cheers to you, too, John Dooley. Outstanding drag announcer, one of the best in the business on a nationwide basis. And, again, it's been a good season. If you haven't been out to fairgrounds, the other part about that is Clubhouse, of course, back up and running, and you have the opportunity to, to make it a day and to sit and have yourself a good lunch and enjoy the races in the process. So, a lot of good things happening there, and again, the safety issues improved, and, and obviously the pandemic in the rearview mirror and some of the negativity surrounding the major races in the country and the prominent uh, trainer, Baffert, that we mentioned, uh, kind of also have been tamped down. So that's 
Good news for the sport, and as always, we'll continue to keep you posted on this show as we do at least once a month throughout the course of the season, which lasts through the end of March. And some of the big races coming up, as mentioned, Road to the Derby Day on January 20th is one of the biggest days of the meet and preparing you for the biggest races, which, of course, come up on Derby Day in March at Fairgrounds. Glad you're with us, and as always, we look forward to talking about some other topics coming up. We'll get into college basketball among other things. Glad you're with us as we march on on this Wednesday. Ken Trahan with you, Rudy Dixon, our producer. This is All Access, the midweek edition here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. And, of course, we're always on the web. You can catch us at NashFM1061.com. The Home Depot makes it easy to shop and save on appliances in-store and online. Enjoy savings on top brands like GE, LG, Frigidaire, Whirlpool, and more. Find kitchen appliances with helpful features like customized organization and save time with laundry appliances that have faster wash and dry cycles. Shop now and get up to $450 off select appliances at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid January 4th through 24th. Gas ranges and dryers extra. U.S. only. See store or online for details. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Start learning a new language today at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Hi, this is Racy Cooper, account executive with Cumulus New Orleans. I specialize in growing businesses, and if you want to grow your business, I'm the girl for you. At Cumulus, we have four great radio stations and an amazing selection of digital products to take your business to a new level. Simply call me at 504-919-3379 or email me at racy.cooper at cumulus.com. The consultation is free. Racy and Cumulus Media. Let's grow together. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. Honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. 
Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope, and they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Start learning a new language today. Go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. <coughs> Can't sleep with this cold. Honey. <coughs> honey? Honey. You need NyQuil Severe Honey. NyQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a dreamy honey taste. Feeling better, honey? Honey? I'll take that as a yes. Try NyQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu symptom relief. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Our final segment begins for this Wednesday night. Ken Trahan with you and, of course, college basketball. And maybe we shouldn't have buried LSU so soon. And I'm not here to say that their men's basketball team is good. But maybe they're a little better than we made them out to be after the bad loss that took place against Nichols early in the season, which had everybody up in arms, followed that with a loss to Dayton, and, of course, got blown out by Syracuse, beat by Kansas State, got beat by Texas. Look, since then, they didn't play bad against Texas. They're a pretty good team. But they've won four in a row now after beating Vanderbilt 77-69 last night. And more than that, the Tigers are now 2-0 and in the SEC, which is pretty uh, entertaining to start the season. Got a road win at Texas A&M, got a home win against Vanderbilt, and now on the road at Auburn, who's ranked 16th in the country this Saturday, which might give you a much better perspective as to what improvement this LSU team is showing. Because what you have here is the return of Jalen Cook. I mean, they waited for him for quite some time, and obviously he's a player that makes a huge difference. 28 points last night. We all know about him. Look, he went to LSU initially. He transferred to Tulane. He played well and then transferred back to LSU and then had to wait for clearance from the NCAA to give them the ability to put him on the floor. Well, on the floor, he's made a difference. He gives them an additional scorer, uh, obviously, an additional ball handler, which clearly helps, and just makes them a better team. So that's important to have him on the floor. And, you know, he was 10 for 19 from the field, 7 of 7 from the line last night for the 28 points. Jordan Wright, uh, the former Dunham star, transferred in from Vanderbilt facing his former team last night. He had 15. Williams had 10 points and 8 rebounds and did a solid job for them. You know, Baker's big body, he had 8 points. Uh, Derek Fountain with 6. Look, they're not, they're not a terrible team. Uh, they're not a good team yet, but they're not a terrible team in my mind. And, you know, maybe you know, we shouldn't have written them off so quickly. We'll continue to pay attention to what this basketball team can do. Meanwhile, the Tulane Green Wave underway right now against Florida Atlantic, nationally ranked team, Final Four team, and it's a big game at Fogelman. So that's taking place as we speak, Tulane 
10 and 4, coming off of a disappointing road loss at North Texas in Denton, 70 to 56, a place I have been several times and done several games at. Uh, and where the Tulane team is concerned, uh, they, they teeter on the verge of being a good team, and then, you know, the disappointment comes in. So it's all about consistency with this team. I mean, that's pretty obvious. They don't have that alpha dog to go get them a bunch of points. Jalen Forbes at 13.4 a game. Asher Woods at 11.5. Kevin Cross at 11.4 points a game. You know, James is averaging 8.8. Holloway, 7.8. So they've got nice players. They just don't have that alpha dog. How much of a difference would Jalen Cook make? Well, you know the answer to that. It would make a huge difference. And I know a lot of Tulane people are disappointed uh, that he departed, but he did. And, you know, that's uh, certainly set them back a bit. Uh, they're still a pretty good team, but you can't put them in that category of being a threat at this particular point.